Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. It is a special Tuesday edition of the Pewter Report podcast. We don't typically do a show on Tuesday, but with the Bucks playing on Thursday, we are changing everything around just a little bit. And the Bucks probably want to change things around as well since they've lost two in a row. So today's episode is all about Bucks versus Bills and their big time Thursday night matchup. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is the face that runs the place at PeterReport.com, SR Scott Reynolds. And Scott, it was a busy day at the Advent Health Training Center today. It as was. We spoke to Dave Canales, Baker Mayfield, Larry Foote, and of course, everybody in the locker room as well. And we learned something about this team, mainly. Antoine Winfield Jr. is taking action in his yeah. first year as a team captain. He actually had a speech that he gave to the team yeah. after their loss to the Falcons. Will it bode well for the Bucks against the Bills? Time will tell. Yeah, good stuff from Antoine Winfield today and also after the game, right? Uh, he's one of those players that doesn't say a whole bunch, kind of like Levante David, but yep. when he does talk, everyone listens, and that's important. And you know the best thing that Andrew Winfield Jr. is doing is he's he's playing with this, with uh, with with vigor and with energy, and he's letting his play do the talking more so than anything. He's having a fantastic contract year. He, you know, Matt, it's one of those things that he's a great guy, right? I mean, he's he's always nice and accommodating, just just a guy that like you can't help but root for, just as a person, right? Yeah. And you you want him to be successful, and then when you see him be successful help the team and also help himself in this contract year. Like, you know, th th this is going to be a check that the Glaziers, Jason Light, Mike Greenberg, Todd Bowles, they're going to be happy to cut, right? It's th This is one of those things where it's like, and, and it's not always this way. Sometimes you have to stroke that check and it might be for a little too much or, mm. you, you know, like you're signing it and you're like, ah, like we have to pay you because we're better off with you than without you. But this is one of those guys, man, the year he's having and the career he's had in Tampa Bay, that it, it's almost like you can't wait to sign him and just say, man, like you earn this. Here's here's the signing bonus and and welcome back, you know, and, and I, I think that's that's just a really good story. No matter how this Buccaneer season goes, Matt. Yes. Uh, Winfield's going to get paid. He's going to stay in red and pewter. And for the long term, that's going to be good for this organization. Yeah, a lot of times you'll see with uh, specific players when they get into a contract year and they start playing their best football. And you could argue that Antoine Winfield Jr. is playing his best football of his career. Yeah. But there's a reason why, even before this season, we have talked about that the Bucs need to sign Antoine Winfield Jr. to a contract extension because you can make the case that he earned that contract after his second year in right. the NFL. Like, that's how good of an exactly. uh, NFL player that he's been. And, you know, there's that old saying, if you talk the talk, you got to walk the walk. Well, yeah. Antoine Winfield Jr. 
again with his speech and everything is kind of doing it in reverse because he had already been walking the walk. I mean, right. There's anybody that can, and he's not finger pointing. He's not calling anyone out specifically, but if there's right. anyone that could say, Hey, let's get our, you know what together. Let's yeah. pick it up. Antoine Winfield Jr. Is the guy that can say it because he's backed his play up more than yes. anybody else on this roster, more than Mike Evans, yep. more than even Tristan Wirfs to a That's degree. Right. Yeah. And it's so funny that Winfield and Werfs, they go hand in hand. They were the right. first two picks in the 2020 draft. They're both first-year captains and both obviously making a huge impact on this team. So, yeah, shout-out to Antoine Winfield Jr. Shout-out to the Super Chats that are starting yep. to roll in, starting with Paul, a.k.a. Florida Dreamhouse. Appreciate you for the $2 Super Chat. It says, Matty Diamonds and SR, the voice of truth and reason. That. That's right. We call it like we see it when the Bucks play well. We praise them for playing well. And when they play poorly, like they have the last two weeks, the offense specifically, Baker Mayfield specifically yep. as well. I wrote about his inconsistency in our in our PR roundtable that dropped earlier this morning. We call it like we see it. Yeah, that's right. And it's the only way we know how to do it. And, um, you know, there's no sacred cows. We're going to get on Dave Canales when, when he deserves it. We're going to get on Devin White. We're going to get on Mike Evans when he drops the ball, Baker Mayfield when he throws interceptions. That's just how it is. Uh, but uh, we appreciate the, the comment there and the trust from you guys, Peter people. Uh, I was just thinking before we jumped on the air, just real quick. Like, I love doing the Peter Report podcast with you, Matt, and yeah. Peter people. Like, I love it. This is fun. This isn't work. This is fun. This is us just taking chat. <laughs> yeah, what, what we learned from, from our sources at One Buccaneer Place, from the interviews on and off the record, and delivering it to, to you, Peter people, and hopefully entertaining you and making you more educated about the team that you guys love. It's an absolute joy. Like this is like literally one of the best parts of my day. I can't wait for four o'clock to get here. It's so much fun. And yeah. this, this is not work. This is just a, an absolute blast. Eric, we appreciate the super chat. You guys think Vita Vea will play Sunday. We need him to No, Vita Vea will not play on Sunday. Um, the bucks won't play, but they, he will play on Thursday. So, uh, <laughs> Like I told you guys after the loss to the Falcons, uh, the Bucks will not hurt you on Sunday. They won't hurt you. There's no game. So uh, what I recommend is tape the game on Thursday night. That's an old expression from the, from the 80s and 90s. Yeah. DVR the game, whatever you want to call it. Like record the game, right? Um, and, and if it's great, if, if they upset the Bills, which, you know what, on any given Sunday, right? We've seen enough upsets. We saw one last night, right? The Vikings and the yeah. 49ers. On any given Sunday, Monday, Thursday, whatever, right? It can happen. Tape the game, and then if they win, watch it again on Sunday, right? And enjoy yeah. your Sunday. Or don't, but they're not going to hurt you on Sunday. Uh, we'll see what happens on Thursday. I think Vita does play. Um, the Bucks do need it. There's no doubt. He's one of their best players. Yeah, uh, I saw a great tweet today. It was about... Um... You know, the uh, the brotherly shove by the Eagles, the tush right. push, whatever you want to call it, is pretty much unstoppable, unstoppable. But Vita Vea was the one guy that actually yeah. was able to stop <laughs> the right. uh, the tush push. The uh, Whoever tweeted, I, the name is slipping me at the moment, so I apologize. Yeah. But uh, speaking of Vita Vea, we did have the injury report yep. just come out a, a little bit ago. And I was at practice earlier today. And just for everyone that's wondering – because it's a short week, today was yep. just a walkthrough. The Bucs didn't yep. even wear helmets at practice today. They didn't right. even wear their regular jerseys. They wore, like, a T-shirt. So, Vita Vea was out there at practice, but we only saw special teams, and he was standing on the side, so it was tough to decipher 
yeah. whether or not he actually participated. But the injury report did come out today. Um, Chase Edmonds was a full participation again for the second day yep. in a row as he comes back from knee injury. Matt Filer, that's the big one that uh, not controversial, but Bucks fans obviously aren't yep. happy with the play of Matt Filer. Um, he did not participate again for the second day in a row with the knee injury. Chris Godwin with a neck was limited today. So that's an upgrade from not participating on Monday. Baker Mayfield was upgraded as well. The knee injury, he was limited in participation. Yeah. Kayvon Merriweather had that special teams injury with an ankle, did not yep. participate. And Vita Vea did not participate again for the uh, second day in a row. Quickly, I'll go down the Bills one. Josh Allen, full. Terrell Bernard, full. Spencer Brown, full. Kair Elam, full. Dawson Knox, uh, he did not participate. He's going to be out for a while and won't uh, play in that game. Yeah, he's got a wrist injury. Yeah. Uh, Von Miller, limited. Quentin Morris did not participate. Ed Oliver, limited. Jordan Phillips limited and Baylor Spector Spector uh, did not participate as well. So yeah, really the, the two big questions I think injury wise going into yeah. this game is Matt Filer at offensive guard and um, and Vita Vea whether or not he'll he'll play. And clearly the Bucks need Vita Vea a little bit more yeah. than they need Matt Filer just well, based on Filer has played and the backups around at offensive guard as well yeah. with Aaron Stinney and Nick Leverett. Um, there are a number of ways to go for Tampa Bay in this match. It kind of seemed like Tristan Wirth spilled the beans a little bit, right? He did. did. Yeah, he he did. He he pretty much said, "Well, you know, uh, he was talking about Filer, and and I, the question was actually, the Bucks are the only offensive line to go through six games with with the starting five intact. Uh, there's it hasn't been any shuffling due to injury or ineffectiveness or whatever." And Tristan said, well, yeah, that, yeah, that's true, and that helps us, but that's going to change this week, right? So yeah. he pretty much said that there's going to be a, a new left guard there. It might be Nick Leverett, right? Uh, yeah. It might be Leverett, who has played some center as well. He's the backup center. Uh, but you know what? I'm in favor of this. I wrote about it on, uh, on the two-point conversion. I wouldn't mind seeing uh, – Nick Leverett get in there. I think he's a bit of a, of a spark plug. I think he sparked the team when he started against the Ravens. They lost that game, but I thought the left guard position played better when he was in there for Luke Gedeke last year, who really struggled. And it's either going to be him or it's going to be Aaron Stenny, right? And I, we saw what Stenny did in the Super Bowl season, stepping in and probably playing a little bit above his ability, but he didn't prove to be a weak link on that offensive line and helped the Bucks win the Super Bowl. So yeah. looks like Filer is going to be out this week. And, and then they're going to have an opportunity to see somebody else in there. And you know what? Um, I, I know that coaches don't like to, to make changes due to injury. You know, like you shouldn't lose your starting job because yeah. of, of injury. At the same time, man, you got to pay, you got to play the best player. Yeah. And if Nick, if Nick Lever can get in there and get more push off the line than Filer can, if he was, if he's better in pass protection and he might have his hands full, right? Cause the, the bills, Defense, defensive line, it, there are no slouches there. I mean, you, you got you got uh, Greg Russo at one end. You've got Von Miller at the other. You've got Ed Oliver, who's you know questionable with with an injury, yeah. but he's he's a first round pick. He's better than most of defensive tackle. Tim Settle, so they got some talent there. But it's going to be interesting to see uh, if if the level of play at left guard if it's elevated or if it declines with uh, with a new player in there.
And Von Miller just only came back a couple of weeks ago. So he's yeah. getting himself more into game shape, which is uh, pretty dangerous for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it also wouldn't shock me if Aaron Stinney got the start because yeah. I was remembering week one, if you guys remember, um, Cody Malk had that random back spasm flare right. up on Thursday and Friday. And Bowles had said if Malk wasn't able to go, that Stinney probably, and I'm saying quotations, probably – uh, would start at guard again. This is week one, and yeah. you know, things can change from from then. Um, but Mount ended up playing in the game, so we never got an answer to that. So it would not shock me either if um, if Aaron Stinney did sorry. get that start. We got a super chat from Matt Bucks fan. Thanks for the five dollars super chat, Matt. Great name says Canals and players still seem excited about the offensive scheme. Should we be hopeful, or is this just typical coaches players rhetoric? Um, it, it, it's it's a work in progress. I tried to tell you guys. I wrote an SRS Fab Five on it, saying uh, the, the five hard truths about this offense. It's a work in progress. The running game is not going to be fixed overnight. I went back and looked at it today. Dave Canales is going to struggle as a play caller. This should not come, come as a surprise to anybody. Uh, hopefully, yeah, you would hope it would be better by now. I think we've seen some. Signs of life. That Saints game right now is kind of the the peak, right? That's the the, the mountain that you want to get back to. You climb that a little bit. Three red zone touchdowns, twenty six points, right? Um, th that that's good. That's winning football from the offensive side of the ball. But they've played some really good defenses too, man. It's they like have. you know the Eagles, the Lions are no slouches. The Falcons' defense is I think better than the Falcons' offense, and they invest a lot of money on that side of the ball. Um, there will be some opportunities here in the run game. The Bills, I think, have the 31st-ranked rushing defense. They, they're, they're without Matt um, Milano in, in the middle, yeah. and you know, he's one of their big-time linebackers. So um, there's going to be some opportunities uh, to run the ball that haven't probably been there for the last couple of weeks. And we'll see if they can get their act together and have a little bit more balance. At the same time, Matt, you know what? I, I – I applaud Dave Canales for recognizing, and we said this yesterday, bears repeating because y'all got to get this through your heads. This is a pass first team. Mm -hmm. It's engineered that way. They they're better in pass protection than they are in run blocking. Right. And you've got a, a better quarterback than you have a running back. So you're going to play to your strengths. Your weapon. Number one is Mike Evans. Your weapon. Number two is Chris Godwin. It's not Rashad white. It's not Keyshawn Vaughn. So they're playing to their strengths. You got to do that to win games. And Dave Canales recognized that. They ran the ball 17 times, mm -hmm. 17 called runs. They ended up with 20 because of three Baker Mayfield scrambles. Yep. Baker dropped back to pass 45 times. He threw the ball 42 of those. He scrambled three times. That's a 45 pass to 17 run ratio in a game that was close the entire way. Mm -hmm. Wasn't like they were ever in we have to pass the ball mode to try to catch up. So Dave Canales has kind of got this figured out. We're going to have to pass the ball to win. The running game will develop as the season goes along and hopefully get better. But that's where and, they are. And the tough thing is the Bills are allowing an average of 128.3 yards per game. So it's definitely tantalizing yeah. to run the ball. But, yeah, to your point, you do have to play to your strengths. We got a $2 super chat from Eric. Uh, thanks again for the uh, yep. super chat, Eric, who says – here, I got it. Um, yep. I meant to say Thursday. Yeah. Sorry, Scott and Matt. It's been a rough few weeks. One of my coworkers <laughs> passed away. RIP oh, to man. Mike. Sorry to hear that. Very sorry to hear yeah. that, Eric. RIP, Mike. Um, we'll play uh, Dave Canals, some video from him yeah. today. Let's get to this uh, first 
Super chat, though, from Byron Turner. Thank you for the $5 super chat, who says, Eagles just gave up a fifth and sixth round picks 2024 to get the Titan safety. That's uh, Kevin Byard. Is now the time for Light to go out and grab Rashad Penny with day three picks? I say yes, but everything that I've heard tells me that they've done the homework there and that is not going to happen, which is disappointing. Yeah, because so, they have to – we said it – well, you said it yesterday. Like the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and getting the same results. So yeah, I don't think just playing Aaron Stinney or Nick, Nick Leverett because a player is injured is the definition of doing something different. You're doing it right because you have no other options. You you can't play without a starting guard <laughs> You know, right. on, on the offensive line. <laughs> yeah. So you, you have to do that. And that kind of brings us up to speed with um, – Something that you asked Dave Canals today, this is the second part of the video, but something that you suggested early on, and I fully agree with you, Scott, is something that the old Tampa Bay offense used to do, mm -hmm. which is bringing in an extra tight end, but not Co'Keefe, not Payne Durham, someone like that, yep. bringing in an extra offensive lineman to be that blocking tight end. Because let's right. face it, Co'Keefe, all he does is block. He is not a receiving threat. We saw the first two passes of the season for the Bucs when they went That's up right. against the Minnesota Vikings, and they both went to Co Keith. Right. And if there was a more athletic receiving tight end, or really yeah. just anyone that can catch the football, uh, probably ends up with a big play to begin the season. But, you know, that's old news. So yep. um, here's Dave Canales. He's answering one question, and then he answers uh, Scott question, Scott's question right after. Right now. And, yeah. You know, you had first and goal at the eight, trying to win a game. Yeah. Three straight passes. If you could, if you could have more confidence in the run game, there, yeah. are, you, are you calling those plays? Is that is the lack of the run game affecting your red zone right now? Um, you know, for me, yes. But but the way I see it is best opportunity to score. Where's Mike and Chris at? Trying to attack coverages, um, and we had plays designed to attack those. Some near misses uh, down there on both red zone opportunities. You know, so really, again, it's just. Details in our route running, details in our throws and our reads. Um, you know, at the last drive there, we got pressured a little bit, you know, and, uh, and uh, you know, Filer, you know, was fighting through something there. He stayed in there. What a stud, you know, to give us a chance to do that right there. So I really appreciate him for that. Um, but, yeah, just the red zone production, we, we got to figure that out um, and uh, just do more things that complement the quarterback skill set and those types of things. Dave, with, with the struggles in the running game, I'm not sure if Seattle did this or, or not, but I know Goody and Gilbert here in years past, 2020, 2021, when they needed to get the running game going, they would substitute an extra offensive lineman in a yeah. tight end for the tight ends. And, and I don't think you're getting the run blocking that you need from the tight end position. Yeah. Is that a consideration for you to look at using an extra offensive lineman to get some more beef to... Help yeah, heavy, runs. yeah, heavy going heavy is a is a good option that teams use at times. Um, I think the style of runs that we're getting, our tight ends are doing what they're supposed to do. They're getting guys covered up, you know, and we're not expecting Cade or Co or or Payne to really be those big mauler types of tight ends. I think there's only maybe a couple, a handful in the league, you know, um, that you can really talk about. So the run schemes are really really designed for them to just cover it up so the backs can can read it and create space, you know. But I think it's across the board. It's me the rhythm and flow of when to call those runs, the styles of runs that we're calling. And then it's the guys just continuing to improve fundamental uh, skills. And then also just the finish, you know, the attitude and the finish that we're looking for um, going forward. But are the tight ends really doing no. what they're supposed to do? 
No, they're not. And that's the thing, folks. We ask the questions, right? And we ask the pointed, direct questions. Sometimes we don't get the answers we want to hear. And you know what? That's that's their prerogative, whether it's Dave Canales, whether it's Todd Bowles, whether it's Baker Mayfield, whoever we ask. We have to ask the questions, try to be as direct as possible, try to throw out some good suggestions, and it just doesn't work. So, um, you know, it, it – it's a little frustrating, but and, and I, I think he answered my question when he said some teams out there do that, right? Because the first part of the question was, I'm not sure if it is in Seattle, right? But I know in, in Tampa here, Harold Goodwin, Joe Gilbert, they used yeah. they used Joe Haig in 2020. They used Josh Wells as that extra big tight end in 2021, and, and they got some good results. So I'm, I'm trying to say, hey, your offensive line coaches are used to doing this. But what he said was, I know other teams in the league do that. And that tells me right away, well, Seattle didn't do it, and that's not part of Dave Canales' thought process. So, you know, I'm not the OC. I just and, ask questions. And Baker Mayfield had a very interesting uh, response or answer to something about the run game. Uh, but then he kind of, like, you know, Tristan Wurst let it slip before that <clears throat> yeah. Matt Filer's not playing. And right. Baker here was just kind of like, yeah, yeah. Uh, we know we're not a run team. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, quite yeah. interesting. So let's hear from uh, the Bucks' starting quarterback, yeah. Baker Mayfield. At this point, what has happened where you are, with a little bit of adversity, a couple of losses here, struggling a little bit to put points on the board. Do you think that that has helped you where you are right now? Absolutely. You know, I think any of those experiences, you, you learn how to weather some of these storms um, and, and you learn how to, to grow through them and, and, and handle them when certain situations come. So for right now, it's like we keep mentioning, just get our stuff fixed, be more detailed, fundamentally sound, um, and, and good things will happen. Because when you rewatch the, the losses, it, it's we've played good teams, but we haven't played our best. And so for us, it's about us playing our best ball and focusing on what we can control, and that's that's being fundamentally sound and doing our jobs. Being able to run the ball efficiently definitely helps. Um, you know, we, we've we've talked about how we need to be better. We all know that, but it, it's just little things here and there. Like we had a we had a big run that was called back on a holding call. Um, some things that just, you know, we're, we're kind of learning that we're not going to be a run first team, but we're still going to do it when we need to. And so those are the times that we have to be targeting the right spots. Everybody's got to have a hat on a hat and just get the job done when we need to. But uh, when it comes down to it, it's just execution. Whatever play is called, we have to find a way to make it work. Did you feel a little open honesty yeah. from, <laughs> from Baker? It's refreshing. I mean, w w you know, w whether you like the answers or not, whether they're telling you what you want to hear, at, at least they're they're being pretty open about it. I mean, yeah. Dave Canales is pretty revealing. Tristan Wirfs, very revealing. Baker Mayfield, really revealing. Todd Bowles, not so much. But that's nope. just his nature. I'll tell you what, he's very revealing off the record. That's for damn sure. But on the record, at press conferences and the podium, it, it's a different story. It's a different Todd Bowles than you get in a one-on-one -on -one, uh, whatever. So there's that. Uh, more Super Chats rolling yep. in. Thank you, everybody. We'll start off with Paul, a.k.a. Florida Dreamhouse. Thanks again for another $2 Super Chat who says, yep. will Keyshawn Vaughn be invited to the Peter Report Christmas party? Oh, um, well, he doesn't even show up to practice, <laughs> so why would we expect him to come to a Christmas party? Yeah, I want to say the only Buccaneer player that we have ever had at a, a Christmas party was Cam Brate one year. I think he came to one like many, many moons ago. Um, I think Mark Cook invited him, and he showed up, so it was just cool. Um, yeah. We love Cam. Cam was great. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, that's not his role. Not to come to our Christmas party. It's a PR Christmas party. So the Peter reporters would be there. And that's it. You know, we, we drink and we eat and we'd be merry and have a good yeah. time. Yeah. Have a jolly old time. As yep. I say. 
Uh, let's go to T. Thank you, T, for the five dollars super chat. Mm-hmm. Says, is it just me or our teams in general too precious with sixth and seventh round picks when it comes to trading? How often do teams hit on those picks anyway? Grant Stewart was the first one that came to mind, and he was <laughs> yeah. a special teams guy. And they ended, yeah. they ended up trading him to the Colts after what one or two seasons. So yeah, yeah. yeah I'm I, no, I'm just gonna say yeah. It's I would love to see Jason Light get involved in more of this kind of bottom feeding, right? Uh, you know, trade away some of those those lower picks. He he kind of tends to do that anyways on draft day. Like he just like yeah, like, screw it. We have like two seventh rounders. Let's just move up in the sixth round and be done with the draft. And, and I'm okay with that. I, I, I would, I would much rather see those late picks get moved than than some of the, the, uh, you know, the the, the running or I should say the uh, the middle picks, right? Because yeah. I, I think those are, you know, he he's hit on some of those. I think Sebastian Dennis is yep. going to be a really good one. Uh, Jake Kamard in the fourth round has been an absolute dynamite uh, pick. I know it's not sexy to draft a punter, but Kamard has been really good. Yep. Zion McCollum, I think, is going to turn out to be a very very good. Pick and probably one of his better trades when it's all said. Then we'll we'll wait and see. Uh, Quan Alexander was another fourth round pick that you know you got three years out of him as a starter, so that was was pretty good. Yeah, all I'll say this kind of goes into the the Rashad Penny type of thing. How it, it's a good idea. It's a good idea on yeah. the Buck side of the things, but I also like if I'm the Eagles, sure, he's your fourth string running back right now. Yeah. But what happens if Swift gets injured that's right. or Austin Scott? It's like that's the reason why you have depth. If, yes. Because you like you're not planning for week one that you're gonna yeah. play your four string running back. By by week ten, <laughs> week right. fifteen, you might need Rashad Penny. So like from the Eagles, I don't necessarily know if I would Oh yeah, we got a seventh round pick, right. or we're gonna lose Rashad. Penny. Brock Purdy was not in the 49ers plans at all last year. Yeah. Until the, until he had to be, right? I mean, it's just right. how it was. And then they wish they had another Brock Purdy after him because when he got hurt, they had nobody, right? So yes, yeah. depth is critically important. That's why when the Buccaneers were making their run, uh, they did sign Antonio Brown at midseason. Jason Light was looking to add depth. He wasn't looking to trade anybody away. Uh, and he had calls too, right? Because the Bucs were flush with talent, a lot of positions. He said, nope, I'm keeping my talent because we might need him. You never know when your starting guard's going to go down like Alex Kappa, and you, you have to have an Aaron Stendy to step in and, and get the job done. Pat Rocco with, with an interesting comment here. Today, Canal said Keyshawn Vaughn running well. This is the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again like our offense running into the middle. Yes. He did he, give a specific of that nine-yard run that Keyshawn Vaughn Okay, had. great. That's awesome. Yeah. What's the average, you know? Canalysis, no, 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 I'm with you. I'm just yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I'm, I know. Canalis is uh, really trying to shield the tight ends from criticism with that comment about their blocking. At least he has their back. I just wish the tight ends and the running backs in the game. Listen, folks, coach speak is part of the job, right? And and it's the Bruce Arians of the world are rare. <laughs> okay, you're yes. not you're not going to see like today. I tried to get Larry Foot to say that Devin White had a bad game, and he would not take the cheese. Yeah, he would not take the bait. Devin White had a really really bad game. And Larry Foote did his absolute best to tiptoe around that question yeah. and and not really answer it. So that's to be expected. We have to ask the questions. Sometimes we'll ask a more pointed follow up, and we got to take what they give us, right? Just like just like we're playing quarterback, Matt, right? We got to take yeah. what the defense gives us, right? They're giving us the underneath stuff. We got to take it, and that's 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 how you and, get, you make your yards. And in your defense, is it wasn't like your question was why is Devin White playing bad? Like right. you, you um you right right well with the Falcons ran the ball 38 times 150 yards uh Levante David had double digit sacks 
Devin White had five. Tackles, yeah. Yeah, right. sorry, yeah, tackles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 13 sacks in a game would be insane. Oh, that would, they'd welcome that, <laughs> yes. Uh, Adam P. Park says, injuries to Devin White truly slow, a uh, truly show, I can't read, that he is too reliant on his physical ability to be successful. He disappears from games when hurt. I mean, that kind of goes back to the Eagles game. He had a gift of an interception and unfortunately wasn't able to take it to the crib where a full speed Devin White gets right. a big six against the Eagles. And That's that right. would change a lot in that right. game. Cause I think I can't remember now if Baker threw a pick not long after that, but yeah. again, momentum pick six clearly is momentum. We got a couple super chats from Corey Richardson. Thanks Corey for two straight four ninety nine yep. super chats. Uh, Corey says JTS is getting a lot of flack and I get it. But he's year three, and Sunday he did have two tackles for loss with six tackles, so he's at least active. 45, whoo, has just been bad. Yeah. Uh, that's a fair point. Um, Joe Tryon Shoinka, he's he's not a bad player. It just you would you'd feel much better if you drafted him in the third or fourth round for how for how he's playing. And yeah. his ceiling, where it's at, which is not that high, and the trajectory of his career—it's a slow climb. And um, Joe's a great guy. I I like Joe. I think Joe's one of those guys that you you you're kind of like waiting, like okay, like have that breakout game, and then like oh okay, he had a really good game against the Bears, and then like where's the follow up, right? Like and and that that's the frustrating thing because he has all the talent in the world to do it, but. I don't know that he is a very instinctive pass rusher. I think he is an athlete. I think he's a tremendously athletic yeah. guy playing football rather than a football player. And here's the difference. The difference is Antoine Winfield is a football player. Joe Trinchowinka is an athlete playing football. And I don't mean that as a disrespect, disrespect to JTS. It just um, a knack for making plays instincts intangibles those are things that Antoine Winfield has and 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 that's not what JTS has and I think Devin White is closer to JTS than he is Antoine Winfield Jr. you know and and and, and that's a shame because I mean this is year five for Devin he's in a contract yeah. year and man he is not earning the bread put it this way if Joe Trianchenka and I guess you could say it for Devin White too if they were like third round picks you'd be like wow Nice yeah. job, Jason. Yeah, like, yeah for, for the value, drafted, right. Yeah, you drafted yeah. a guy in the third round that is an every-game starter and, yeah, maybe not the, the best player, but for that value, yeah, absolutely fantastic. And all this talk about value, and we talked a lot about depth, yeah. it just reminds me about how much great depth that Celsius has as an energy drink because there's so many awesome flavors as you can see on the screen. The Tropical Vibe, the Sparkling Orange, the Sparkling Wild Berry, Strawberry Akai. I'm a big fan of the Strawberry Lemonade as well. The Arctic Vibe is my personal favorite. There's no sugar. There's no uh, post-energy drink crash or jitters that you may get with another product out there. Um, so if you need to know where to find Celsius, we got you covered. Just go to the store locator on the Celsius website. Punch in your address, and it'll tell you the closest geographical location where you can find one. We've been in multiple places, and we have found Celsius thanks to the store locator. Bodega. <laughs> Sorry, that was a false start. My That's bad. A, oh, what are you? The Bucks offense? I know. I need to be or more the Bucks wide receivers or the Bucks yeah. tight ends because they all went offside. Exactly. Uh, I need to be more disciplined in the, yeah. during the Celsius read. Continue, Matt. Sorry. But you can uh, you can find them at your Walmart, health and fitness store, or those other things that you just heard Scott say. Bodega.
And uh, once you love going to your bodegas, getting them, but you're like, ah, oh, I want more. I want them in bulk. You can get them in bulk. I'd recommend getting the variety packs, varieties of Spice of Life. You could have it sent to your residence whenever you want. It could be a week, month, quarterly, yearly. You're in charge. Your decision just makes Celsius your number one pick. Celsius, the official energy drink of the Pewter Report podcast. Yep. Um, yeah. So I, 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 I want to see JTS really kind of be the guy. It's funny because I, I thought Yaya, sorry, let me try that again. <laughs> I thought Yaya Diaby was going to get his first sack of the year and it didn't quite happen, but he did have a nice fumble recovery. He did. And I, I saw him today in the locker room. I, it, here's the thing. This is this is kind of what's crazy, right? And, and muscles don't really don't mean anything. It, they really don't. Um, I mean, <laughs> believe it or not, but the Buccaneers, when you look back at at some of their best players, they they don't fit the prototype. I mean, you're talking about some of, of the absolute greatest Buccaneers of all time. Rondé Barber looks undersized. Like you look at him, you're like, yeah. wow, you're really small. I'm sorry, Rondé. I love you, but like that's the truth. Derek Brooks, when you see him in street clothes, even in his prime, like walking down the street, like did not look like a football player. Warren Sapp, just kind of like big fat guy, right? Super athletic, strong, yeah. but like didn't look the part, right? Yeah. Um, Mike Allstott, right? Big slow white dude, right? Big thick thighs, you know, uh, didn't look fast at all. Uh, Warwick Dunn, little pipsqueak, you know, but like, those guys are football players, right? I mean, they just – John Lynch, you know, kind of bow-legged, you know, dude out there. Um, but, man, they played, right? Mm -hmm. they, they, those guys were football players, legends that, that didn't, like, look the part in terms of the physique and all that. Um, you're not supposed to get bigger during the season. You're supposed to, like, kind of lose weight, right, the yep. offseason where you put the mask on. Yeah, yeah, Diaby, man, like <laughs> – just looks like he's gaining like 10 pounds of muscle. It's like the guy just like lives in the weight room. He he's a force to be reckoned with. And the one thing is sometimes the, the physique, the muscles, that doesn't translate, but that dude has power. Right, right now, he is the most powerful edge rusher, uh, more so than Anthony Nelson, JTS, Shaq, whatever. This dude has some power. He's a guy that when he really starts to get it and 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 puts it all together. Look out. He's he's going to be really good. He's yeah, be good. I've said this before. Not too long ago, I was having a conversation with him in, in the locker room, and we fist bumped after, and <laughs> I felt like I had punched a giant rock, like, just with his yeah. hand. Like, his hands are gigantic, and yeah. I hope he starts getting more playing time. He actually had more snaps and snap percentages than, uh, than Anthony Nelson last game. Now, maybe some of that was because Anthony Nelson was just coming back from a right. concussion. But if he's already kind of moving up the ranks a little bit, yeah. Anthony Nelson is a player that the Bucs re-signed that we mm -hmm. know is a very, very solid outside linebacker right. three. If JTS continues, and yeah, you know, he has made some plays, but Bucks are still looking for the splash plays from their yeah. outside linebackers. They got it from Shaq Barrett at the end of the second quarter yesterday, but they've been a little bit too far and between uh, for, I think, everyone's liking. Right. Not just my own. Why not give Yaya a couple more opportunities? Yeah. I mean, Todd Bowl says all the times with, with young players, with rookies, he usually calls them young pups or whatever it is. Right. He says every single year a team wins a Super Bowl and they have a bunch of rookies on That's them. right. Yeah. Eventually, at some point, they have to start playing 
And I think that would be a nice little tweak to this defense that I don't think ultimately, like ultimately it would only change this defense and make it a little bit better. And it's already pretty damn good. And again, if Yaya proves that he's a liability stopping the run or he's getting stonewalled even worse than Joe Trianchenka, then you just go back to JTS at at outside linebacker. It's Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, simple tweaking and simple solutions. I'm with you. Um, Robbie Gordon, uh, frustrating seeing your favorite team being mid, not bad enough for a top draft pick and not good enough to compete for a championship. I understand that. You can't win it every year. Even the New England Patriots at some point in time, (laughs) when Tom Brady leaves, come crashing down to earth 20 years later, right? Um, We we told you guys, this is, you got to readjust your expectations. Matt picked this team to go, what, nine and eight this year? Right? Eight and nine. Eight and nine. Okay. And I picked nine and eight. And I got a feeling one of us is going to be right. And right now, <laughs> yeah. leaning more towards Matt because I had this this Falcons game as as a win. They got to like steal one in Atlanta now and probably, you know, get back on track. But eight and nine, nine and eight, still probably, I, I think, going to be in the NFC South hunt all the way down through the wire. I still think they can win this division. That's still there for them. Um, it's it's a rebuilding year. You got to remember too on this offensive line that's been completely reshuffled. Ali Marpet technically was still supposed to be under contract, right? Ryan Jensen is under contract. Those were two guys that the Buccaneers were supposed to have, right? Two Pro Bowl offensive linemen that that have not been here for the past two years, right? Mm-hmm. And like that that retards that impedes your progress. That slows down your your growth, because now all of a sudden you got to put more resources into positions that you thought were bolstered, right? Well, hey, we got two pro bowlers here. Offensive line's fine. Fine. We'll move Donovan out. We'll kick Tristan over. Now we'll draft a guy in Cody Malk. Now, now you've got Tristan and Ali Marpet and Ryan Jensen and Cody Malk and Luke Gedeke. That's a hell of a lot better offensive line than what they have now. Mm-hmm. But that's not Todd Bowles' fault. That's not Jason Light's fault, right? That's, that's just circumstance. Injuries happen. So this year's draft, though, I, I think it's going to be – the problem is it's not flush in running backs, it's not flush in tight ends, and they need both. Yeah. So that's the thing. But long way to go before we start talking about the draft now. This team's only three and three, 11 games to play, one-on-one in the division. Don't panic yet. Yeah, and it just makes – again, I don't want to look too far ahead, so real quick I'll just say, I mean, are we looking at next season – more new pieces to the offensive line because Matt Filer probably right. not going to be back. And then we'll see what happens with Robert Hainsey. I, I think again, yeah. a lot of us are in agreement that they could use an upgrade at the center position. If, yeah. if Ryan Jensen's career is done, but that's a conversation for the off season or at least later on in this yeah. season. Well, and, and the one thing too, just, just hang on your point there for a second, Matt. And, and I did a, you know, a Peter pulse on this the other day and some people got it. You know, it's it, it, it took off. It, it got a lot of views. Uh, about Jason Light's done it again. It's so hard to find two offensive tackles, yeah. and you need two in this day and age. It used to be if you had the one left tackle, you're fine. The pass rush is so good. Uh, you need you need a, a stud right tackle as well. It's not just you know find the left tackle, find the Paul Gruber, right? Find the Donald Penn and make do on the other side. You need two, and they're they're harder to find than guards and centers. And he's found two. And you got Gedeke for two more years under this contract. And then you've got Wirfs, who's going to get the contract extension. And it's like, that's a little bit of peace of mind right there. When yeah. you've got a pair of bookend tackles, it's easier to find the interior guys and reshuffle the deck there than it is to go out and find a tackle. 
And and so at least there's that going forward for this team. And they can continue their show. I think it's called Between Two Tackles or On the Other <laughs> End, and it's uh, Tristan and, and Luke Gattaki, so they can continue that. It's not exactly, uh, what was it, Tommy and Gronky, that show? Right, but, right, uh, yeah. <laughs> regardless. Uh, T with a good comment, is Levante yeah. the Brady <sighs> of the defense? Is he even aging? Oh, my God. I mean, he looks better this season than I <laughs> yes. think he has the last two. I mean, he's, yeah. you know, he had a sack two weeks ago against the Lions. Great coverage on the tight ends, and they've played yep. some talented tight ends over the last two weeks. So, I mean, Levante David, it's up to him whether or not he wants to keep playing. But, uh, yeah. you know, he deserves to be back on the Bucks more than Devin White does. Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt, man. That's that's a great point that you make. And you know what? Rondé Barber, we saw him play 16 years at, at a very high yeah. level, right? I mean, I think he still had three interceptions playing free safety the final year under uh which was the first year under um greg shiano right and he, yeah. he enjoyed playing under shiano learning a different position it kind of challenged him mentally and brandy's one of the most cerebral high football iq guys ever not just in tampa bay but in the league um yeah man i mean <laughs> take david uh, 13 tackles on, on Sunday. And I went up yeah. to him today in the locker room. I was like, dude, like again, <laughs> like we were, we were praising you for the, the hella good game you had against the lions. And like, you do it again, man, at your age. And you know, he looked at me like, that's what I do, man. I'm like, I know it's what you do, but also 33 years old, man. It's just, it's, it's been a joy to see because he, he is just so good, man. He's so good. You know? Yeah. And they're going to need a huge game against the yeah. Going up against Josh Allen and, yeah. and this Bills offense, which this Bills team, especially on the offensive side of the ball, like defense, I think I think the big story for the Bills defense yeah. when they're fully healthy, they are a tough group, and I would exactly. say like a top ten defense. But they've been littered with injuries, yeah. like even worse than the Bucks have this season. That's right. I think that's why you've seen the Bills really come crashing down to earth the, the past yep. couple of weeks. But this offense is so, so interesting because, you know, even with the big injury to, to Dawson Knox, um, you know, Stephon Diggs is, is a premier wide receiver yep. in this league. I like Gabe Davis as well uh, as a wide receiver. And Josh Allen, while having a bit of a down year, is still, you know, a top five quarterback in this right. league. And I think this is one of those games again, and we'll probably say this for the next couple of weeks, but the defense is still going to have to lead the way. Yeah, it is if they want to win a game until yeah. the offense really figures it out. Now, when will the offense figure it out? We don't know just yet. So the Bucks, I don't want to say that they got to hope and pray, but Josh Allen at times, because the Bills have never really had the best running game. It's been better this right. year with James Cook when they've fully just allowed him to be the, you know, the, the RB one of right. the team, but they, they, they do have a rotation. Yeah. Josh Allen, for as great as he is, can sometimes get in his own way. Like That's he right. loves to extend plays, and it's going to be mm -hmm. very difficult to take Josh Allen down. And but there are times when he extends the plays. That's mm -hmm. when he makes the dumb throw, or he tries to do this, or he tries to do that. So as great as Josh Allen can be, at times he can really be his own worst enemy. And I think the Bucks well got to make sure that they get Josh Allen into those moments. And maybe it's the blitzes from right. Levante or Antoine where Josh Allen panics a little bit and mm -hmm. plays that superhero ball and, you know, makes some mistakes because of it, because he I is agree. very susceptible to it. He tries to do everything for the bills. Yeah. And, and the thing is he just can't. And right. um, you, you hope that you get that panicky Josh Allen mm -hmm. that has been quite visible this season. 
Yeah, last time he played against the Buccaneers, he had 100 yards rushing, too, and a rushing touchdown, right? So he knows there's going to be opportunities there. And he saw Desmond Ritter break off, what, a 19-yard run and have several scrambles and and, and make some plays with his Had a rushing touchdown as well. A rushing touchdown should have had two. should have had two, yeah. (laughs) Um, You're right, Matt. And and this is a Bills offense, right? Let's go through the the games here. And I'm sorry to start off with this one, but uh, uh, against the New York Jets, that's where, you know. Yeah, that was a uh, win. Well, it was for you guys, but you lost Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but at the same time, though, scored just 16 points, lost in overtime. Then they just turned it on, right? The Bills just got back to wearing the Superman cape, and the Bills became the Bills again. 38-10 to 10 against the Raiders, 37-3 against the Commodes, 48-20 to 20 against the Miami Dolphins. That was their signature win of the season. And then for whatever reason, the the wheels just kind of fell off the wagon, right? They lost at home to Jacksonville. That was a bad loss, 25-20. Yeah. Then the points kind of became a little bit harder to find. They they beat a really, really, I think, bad New York Giants team, 14-9. to And and then they lost last week um, on the road at New England, 29-25 to the Patriots. Allowed the Patriots to come back, and Mac Jones scored a touchdown. So they've lost two out of their last three. and. They've suffered some injuries. Matt Milano's out, right? Tredarius White is out. Um, uh, Vaughn Miller, you know, they have not really had him to start mm-hmm. the season. He played a little bit against Jacksonville, had, had one tackle. He's on the injury report now. Um, they just, they're missing some mojo this year. Uh, Dalton Kincaid, he's taken over a tight end. He had 75 yards last week. He's been a, a player that is going to have to step up now as a rookie. The Bucks just faced a rookie tight end, Sam Laporta. This guy is probably in the same class, just as good, very capable tight end. But you're right. It's the defense has not been nearly as stout. Injuries have have been a culprit. They've caused some problems there. They still have a really good one-two punch safety, right? Yeah. And, and Micah Hyde and, and Jordan Poyer, they're no spring chickens anymore. I don't think they're as dynamic of playmakers as they used to be. They're kind of like in that, that Tyron Matthew mold now for the Saints, mm-hmm. right? Like where you're a name player, but you were better back in the day than you are right now, right? You're, you're still, you have a chance to be in your prime, but you're kind of like sliding down that hill a little bit, still formidable foes. I'm not, not throwing them under the bus, but, but just not those big time impact players that they used to be. They are getting a lot of impact from one of their key free agent signings, uh, Leonard Floyd. He leads them with, with what, six, six and a half sacks this year. And, and boy, have they needed that because they haven't had Von Miller to start the season. Gregory Russo, it's a nice one-two punch to them, so they have some edge rushers. They've got Ed Oliver in the middle, and I think that's a player that you look at Kalijah Kansi, I think his career is going to be kind of in between what Ed Oliver is and what Aaron Donald is, and hopefully closer to Donald than Ed Oliver, who's a quick, twitchy, undersized defensive tackle like Kalijah, but is better against the run than he is as a pass rusher. But their, their big guy that's really making some noise is uh, Terrell Bernal, Bern, uh, Bernard. Bernard, yeah. yeah they're, they're inside linebacker. This guy leads the, the team and the league in tackles this year. He is having a really good season for them. Terrell Bernard, 68 tackles on the year already. Two sacks, six tackles for loss. He's great in coverage. Two passes defense, two interceptions, uh, three fumble recoveries. He's just kind of that guy that just – they lost Matt Milano, who was kind of one of their big playmakers. He also had a couple picks this year before he got injured, forced a fumble. But, man, this guy's really stepped up uh, for them on that linebacker level, and, and he's a difference maker. 
Yeah, he really is. And we talk about how there's so many injuries for the Buffalo Bills, but then they just have a couple other guys that have really stepped up in this role and at least make the Bills dangerous yeah. on paper. And, you know, you could have said the same thing about the 49ers against the Vikings, and I don't know how the Vikings are going to move the ball without Justin Jefferson, and then, bam, Kirk yeah. Cousins lit it up for, uh, you know, over 300 yards. So it's going to be important for the Bucks if they struggle again with the run game, where do they find answers in the passing game? You just mentioned how good Bernard is as yeah. a uh, as a middle linebacker. Maybe you attack some of those other linebackers because we talked about how great the safeties are. Their pass rush, they still got guys up the middle. So I'd like to see a little bit more of that intermediate pass game from the Bucs. I feel like they've kind of gone away from yeah. the last two weeks trying to hit bigger shots. And right. that's something that Dave Canales talked about a little bit in terms of Coach Bowles wants us to be aggressive, so we're trying to take our shots. And that's fine, but when you're not hitting those shots, you got to go back to the drawing board just a little bit. Like, I don't know. I feel like we haven't seen as many. We've seen Baker Mayfield scramble, but what happened to right. the, like, the signature of a Dave Canales offense is the play rollouts. action, bootlegs, yeah. rollouts, right. and everything like that. Where has that been over the past couple yeah. of weeks? Because that, I feel like that has been I agree. Very, that's a great point. There's been very few and far yeah. between, but that's something that we saw – Every single freaking day at training right. camp, and then just I don't know, just kind of disappeared for. And, and Luke Edicky is playing great at right tackle, so yeah. like it's it's not like wow, you can't roll him out. You roll him into a sack. I mean, Edicky's pass protection has been really solid. He he was the highest graded offensive player on Sunday for the Buccaneers, according to Pro Football Focus. Take it with yeah. a grain of salt. But he had a better grade than Tristan Wirfs, and I think he played a better game than Tristan Wirfs did. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement with that, too. We got yeah. a super chat from David Stacks. Thank you for the $1.99 super chat who says, Antoine Winfield Jr. addressed the team after Atlanta lost. Thoughts? Well, why don't Go we to just it. play? Yeah, let's get to the video. You can hear from uh, Baker Mayfield was the one that tipped us off yeah. all to it. Thanks, um, and, and Yeah, and then Winfield uh, mentioned it as well, and Tristan Wirfs spoke about it, too. So uh, let's hear about Antoine Winfield Jr.'s Big time speech after their last game. It is because, like, like I've mentioned, we looking at the mistakes that we've made. It's yeah. things that we can control. Yeah. It's not like we're just lining up and getting beat uh, uh, scheme wise or uh, physically. just physically. So it's for us. It's control what we can, fix those things, and, and see where this thing can go. And that's that's the accountability part. That um, I mean, Antoine Winfield hit it on the head after the game. Just uh, how great do you want to be? And so. You know, we, we have a ton of leaders on this team, a lot of guys that have played a lot of ball. So let's do our jobs first and, and see where this thing goes. So Antoine spoke to the team after the game, you mean? He did. He's a, he's a key leader that obviously ton of big plays in that game and it's been consistent obviously here for, for a while. And uh, yeah, those, those guys we have to lean on and uh, follow that leadership and, and everybody else has to fall in line. Yeah, just that we got to close those games out. We got to play better. And, uh, we got to win those close games like that. And that was pretty much summarizing. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I'm a man of, of, of a few words, but you know, when I say something, I really mean it. Yeah, Twan pretty much told us, he's like, you know, how good we want to be. Um, you know, it's up to us to write our own story, you know, our destiny's in front of us. You know, we got to go and take it, you know, um, but it's up to us, you know, up to the guys in this locker room. Um, and it's really cool coming from Twan. You know, we we all know how incredible a player he is, you know. Um, I mean, that play, they made it on the goal line. That's insane. Um, so coming from him, you know, everyone listens, all eyes are on him. Um, it was really cool. He's not a guy. I think so, you know, because, you know, you got a real bitter taste in your mouth, you know, especially coming right up the field in the locker room and having him, you know, stand up and be like, hey, listen up, you know, and say that is just really, really huge. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's good stuff. Um, 
Buck Nation, any chance we can steal a win in Buffalo? Yes, there is I, a chance. Yeah. yeah, I think the key is, Matt, is is getting off to hotter starts, right? The, the, get a touchdown opening drive, get a lead, right? That's one thing the Buccaneers haven't really done a great job of this year Yeah, is, is getting an early lead. And, and it's interesting. I asked Baker today about, uh, you know, hey, you know, maybe it's something, maybe it's nothing. You guys are two and zero on the road. You're one and three at home. <laughs> We're going to find out if there's any road mojo for this team if they can go three and zero. But yeah, I mean, th- this is the NFL. Mm. On any given Sunday or Thursday, any team can win, and we we've seen plenty of upsets. 49ers getting rolled by the Browns. 49ers getting rolled by the Vikings. Patriots over the Bills. On Patriots Sunday. over the Bills. Yeah, it's there. There is a chance, but for Tampa Bay, it's it's like Todd Bowles has said, and nobody wants to hear it, but it's true. Can't beat yourself and the Bills at the same time. You've 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 got to play clean football, right? That's what allowed you to get that early season road win in Minnesota. Three takeaways, no turnovers, hardly any penalties, execution, precision, etc. And granted, yes, the Vikings didn't have any film on the Buccaneers. Now we're we're six games in, and teams have got some film on this Dave Canales offense. Now there's got to be some tweaks in all this. And but Matt, if they if they start fast, which has been a struggle, but if they start fast, then I, I think there is a chance. If they don't, though, I don't see how the Buccaneers are going to come back and beat the Bills. And I also th- I think it goes without question the Bucks offense needs to start fast, and they just need to play better as an entire unit, yeah. whether it's the first quarter or the fourth quarter. Yeah. I also think it's important for the Bucks defense to start fast because mm-hmm. as great as they've been, there have been times if you're, gonna, if you're gonna get to the Bucks defense, it's early in the game. That's right. On Sunday, Bucks went for it on fourth down when they got the ball first. They didn't convert. Um the Falcons had pretty good field position and yeah. they scored a touchdown on their own. Right down the field on the defense, yeah. Chicago Bears yeah. in week two, the lowly Chicago Bears scored on their first drive That's against right. uh, against the Bucks defense. It doesn't happen every single week, but there have been times where uh, the Bucks defense has gotten off to a little bit of a slow start. And quite frankly, on a Thursday night game on the road against Buffalo, who can be great, even though they right. struggled lately, um, they really can't afford to go down by more than one score against Buffalo. Because yeah. if Buffalo starts getting their swagger back, even right. just a little bit, and that crowd gets into it, it'll be even tougher um, for the I Bucks. Agree. Only two games right on the road so far, and, it, and it's a very small sample size. So this is not scientific yeah. whatsoever. But this team has scored 20 points and 26 points. That's a lot more points than they've scored at home, certainly in the last two games. What, six points? Then you have 11 points <laughs> against the the Eagles. Then you yeah. had 13 points last week. So we'll see if yeah. there's a little bit of road mojo for this team. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe they're not too happy about it. We got one more video from Dave Canals. Yeah. He was saying how he told us, guys, we should be frustrated right yeah. now. Uh, yeah, I think, I think he said it best. You know, I think that we have... Um, the cool part is we've created an expectation for what we can be offensively. And I think that we have the talent and the ability to do that. Um, I know I can do better for the guys in situations. They know they can do better for all of us in certain situations. And so I think it's a group of guys that see the potential of what we can be. And I would rather live in that world than to buy into some other world of, oh, we just don't have this or we just don't have that. You know, I don't really feel like that at all. Um, Coach Bowles doesn't feel like that at all. You know, the guys expect to do really well. And, you know, of course, that's part of me just motivating them and showing them, proving it to them on film. Guys, look, we have this here. 
you know, we have these opportunities and this opportunity. Um, but yeah, it gets frustrating, you know, when we can't get in the end zone, when, when in a game where we do well on third down and we're moving the ball pretty good, you know, at times there, you know, and of course the penalties hurt us, um, but we overcame a lot of those penalties, you know, even when we got behind in the sticks, we made some big plays to get us back to manageable third downs and we're able to convert some of those. So, um, yeah, I think we're all a little bit frustrated, but at the same time, just encouraging them, we should feel frustrated guys. We should feel like there's more out there for us because there is. So, um, I think it comes from our, the expectation we're creating. I'll tell you what, you can be frustrated all you want in, in this housing market, right? 8% interest rates, trying to find that right house for you and your family. Uh, listen, it doesn't have to be that way, though. Call on our pro bowler. That is Eric Gross and the Eric Gross Group. They're the official realtors of Peter Report, and they will take the frustration out of the home buying experience for you. It takes a full team effort to win in football as well as real estate. The Eric Gross Group, they've done hundreds of transactions in this crazy real estate market with experience in all sorts of situations. Eric is an avid Pewter Report reader and a Tampa native. He knows this area like the back of his hand. The strong team of vendors and a network of 85,000 agents, the Eric Gross Group will turn your dream of buying or selling a home into reality without the frustration. Their clients are not just transactions, they're lifelong friendships. Do what I do. Go to housesinfla.com. Check out their inventory. It's a great website, awesome layout, and let Eric take the pressure off of the home buying or selling experience. Find them on Facebook or Instagram at Eric Gross Group and also housesinfla.com or give Eric a call, 513-907-4271. No matter where you are in your homeownership journey, you're going to feel welcome with the Eric Gross Group, the official realtor of Peter Report. By the way, uh, if you want to bet on this game, do it over at mybookie.ag. Use that promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. If you don't even want to wait until Thursday, you got a Game 7 baseball game tonight for uh, the NL go. teams to go to the World Series. Basketball starts tonight. Get a uh, first deposit bonus all the way up to $200 and in as little as $45. So you're getting free money in your account. Even if you learn from Plant City Math, you know that that is a heck of a deal. So go to mybookie.ag, use that promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, and start winning some moolah. Yep. Uh, folks, uh, it's been a different week. It's been a short week. I'm excited for Thursday Night Football. Usually I'm not. Man, we were talking about this today at uh, the team's training facility. Um, I feel bad for the players, right, having to have the car wreck on yes. Sunday, then another yes. car wreck on Thursday, because that's what it feels like when you play football. It feels like you got in a car wreck. But – uh, the great thing is, is, is uh, more football, right? Get this, this bad taste out of your, your system, Buccaneers, and uh, and get after it again on Thursday. Try to take advantage of maybe a, a Bills team that's having some confidence issues after that loss. We'll see what happens. But no podcast tomorrow. Taking tomorrow off because the team is traveling. Uh, stay tuned to pewterreport.com. That we have previews galore, plus our pewter preview and predictions are going to be out. Um, Matt's going to be out of practice tomorrow with the latest injury update. Yep, and and then Thursday is the game, and Thursday night we'll have the next Pewter Report podcast. It'll be our, our post game podcast, and uh, and then we'll have our typical day after game podcast on Friday. Mm -hmm. Matt and Adam Slavon will be doing that on Friday at four o'clock. So no podcast tomorrow, but join us after the game on Thursday night plus Friday at four o'clock, Matt. Yeah, and we'll have the Pewter Game Day show as well, giving uh, our live reactions and analysis to everything that's going on uh, in the game. Yep. 
But in the meantime, make sure you're following us on all of our social media platforms on X, Threads, Facebook, and Instagram. We are at Pewter Report. And then, of course, our YouTube channel is Pewter Report TV, where we have the podcast. We have uh, a lot more film breakdown that Josh Capo has been doing. It's a great video. I just put Uh, it in the chat. So it's the very first thing in the chat. Awesome. Yes. Check that out. Scott has his Pewter Pulses. Um, Yeah. So a ton of great content over on our YouTube channel, Pewter Report TV. Please like and subscribe. Help grow our audience over at pewterreport.com. But that's going to do it for us on today's show. For Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. We'll see you on Thursday for game day and another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Peace out. Out.